Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez. And guys, about a month ago, we saw our pal Sierra Farrell, a great, obviously a great singer-songwriter we've had her on the show, perform at The Basement, the iconic musical venue in Nashville. But the opener left everyone aghast. Jaws were on the floor. People were in awe. You could hear an audible gasp at the quality of this singer-songwriter. And he is today's guest on the episode, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Rick Robertson, New Orleans-based singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. He is absolutely delightful, guys. And you will get a kick out of him and his music. He has a new album called Carolina Child. And it is his breakout moment. It is a wonderful, fully-fledged multiverse of madcap musical ideas and creative anarchy. The album was produced by Dan Molat of Lucius, and it features a whole bunch of uh, some of the best uh, talent in Nashville and beyond, guys. So you guys will definitely should check that out. Uh, Rick, uh, he's an American or- original. His sound pulls from influences, you know, as varied as John Prine and Willie Nelson, but he still manages to create his own musical spin into something really fun. There's even some REM in there. It's just completely unique, completely wonderful, and you guys will definitely love it. He's performed uh, and opened with a bunch of some of the best acts in the business. He's completely critically acclaimed, uh, respected by all his peers, and we are thrilled to have Rick on the show. Great chat. We go through his upbringing in North Carolina. We go through, um, you know, music school. He, we go through his influences. Uh, we go through, you know, his performances in Nashville, and he gives us an exclusive performance, so you may want to stay tuned for that, guys, absolutely. And uh, if you want to check him out on tour, strongly recommend that you do. Make sure you check out rickrobertsonmusic.com so that you see um, his tour dates, fan club, and all that uh, has come to pass. So, guys, uh, if you're new to the show, we welcome you. We welcome you to the J-Rock Concerts family. We're fastly growing uh, we love our listeners. Uh, we do ask for you to take 30 seconds of your time and click subscribe button. Give us a review. That stuff helps us quite a bit. But without further ado, guys, let's get on it. Rick Robertson on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. There you are, Rick Robertson. What's up, Jamie? How you doing? How you doing, man? Good seeing you. Yeah, you too. What's happening? Look at that compound. I love it. Look at all those books, all that yeah, art. This place is nuts. I love it, man. I love it. So are you in Nashville right now? Or are you in uh, yeah. New Orleans? I'm in, in Nashville. Nashville. Yep. Of, course. of course. So, you know, exciting morning, Rick. You know, big fans of you. Got to tell you, obviously, first saw you play opening up for Sierra Farrell a few weeks ago, Rick. Yeah. And I don't know. I think we talked about this, but I don't know if you felt the energy in that room from your first notes. Uh, you could almost like see people's jaws, like in the floor, man. It was like really intense and beautiful, you know? Uh, yeah, I love that room. It's so cool. It's just the perfect size and and people really listen, you know? 
It's got exactly. the good combination of a listening room, but it also feels like a like an old, you know, kind of punk club or something. True, true, yeah. true. I, I like that. And uh, and you know, since then, talking to musician friends and and stuff like that, and everyone like loves you. Everyone oh. loves Rick Robertson. And it's like, why were you guys hiding this from us? Why were you guys <laughs> hiding this human from the world? Everyone loves you. I don't know, man. I'm trying to get out there. <laughs> oh, man. Makes me want to shake them, you know? <laughs> but uh, but the way, but by, obviously, you know, to get the professional stuff out of the way, you know, Carolina Child, what an album, came out recently, Rick, and Sweet Mother of, you know, of the Cajun food. Like, what an album, dude. Just, uh, just honestly, one of the best listens we've had all year. Oh, wow. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Okay, so you're visiting Nashville, like we established, and you're in the middle of a residency at the iconic D's Lounge. That's um, right. Yep. Is Nashville like like home for you, Rick? Is this like a second home? Uh, right now, it's sort of turning out to be that way. I've been in New Orleans for about six and a half years, six years, and I'm sort of transitioning out of that, um, being there all the time and looking for the next place to settle down. But at this point traveling and I have so many friends in Nashville and you know it's sort of new for me to start doing my original music out all the time and that's really what I'm leaning into heavily now sometimes that solo like you saw at the basement uh, most of the time actually right now just um, that's what's possible but at D's I put together a big band so that's sort of what I've been playing with there and having a residency in one place every week for a month here a month there is a good way to do that and start getting things warmed up so tonight is actually our our third one cool yeah awesome. yeah awesome awesome man so when you're away from home uh rick you know like when you're right now you're in nashville sometimes you're playing in across the country yeah. um out of your element i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah do you get thrown out of your songwriting comfort zone you know like the fact that you don't know where the good coffee is you know cafe cafe du monde or whatever or whatever you go <laughs> you know does it kind of like mess up like with your songwriting um <laughs> that's a good question you know, I, I find my process with songwriting now is not necessarily uh, where I am, but it's it's that I've set a time this I've set aside the time to dedicate fully to writing. So I actually try to take myself places for a week uh, or more with no gigs, just for the sole purpose of writing, and that starts to really stir some things up. So that could be. Uh, in North Carolina or in or in Nashville or it doesn't really matter where uh, it's more that I, I just find that I can't really have too much other stuff going on I'm always writing down ideas like notebooks and voice memos and recording little ideas but to actually sort of stalk a song and then to pounce on it I, I really have to put aside the time yeah uh, yeah so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter where being alone really helps sure sure it's more like the mindset like the being mindful i guess yeah. what you're saying. cool yeah. man yeah cool so you have such a fascinating life rick i mean i could talk to you for 17 hours but so let me just like get, get to like some of the basics you know that we were so interested in right so there were several pivotal moments in your musical life you know that have shaped like the really um, amazing artistic soul you are um your family's place of worship growing up you know was temple emmanuel there in jefferson road in greensboro yeah. north carolina and right. then you know there's this band called the sinai mountain ramblers that used to practice there uh and then this guy comes in gary silberstein who plays the mandolin he played a key role for you right yeah, yeah, he he did. He was one of my early music teachers and him and another guy in that band named Paul Frybush 
uh, just great musical mentors at a young age who sort of helped me access the depths of traditional music. They were doing a lot of klezmer, which is, uh, you know, uh, celebratory and transcendental religious mu Jewish music. And then also old time string band music, uh, which is more indigenous to North Carolina where, where I grew up. And, and so I was sort of getting a dose of both of those things from, from those guys. Um, yeah. And then playing with people my own age. I mean, Paul Frybush has a, a son, Sammy Frybush. If you haven't checked out, you should. He's an amazing organ player. He's playing on uh, most of Carolina Child, actually playing keys. And we grew up together. So, yeah, that kind Lovely. of Yeah, yeah. Greensboro, North Carolina was a good, a good uh, breeding ground to access a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about that story is that they saw you in like, you know, as a child, they obviously like felt that you were like the real deal, you know, that it, you were in dabbling. <laughs> I don't know about that, but well, yeah, certainly, dude. certainly that I was persistent. I mean, it's the same with my parents. I, I just gravitated toward a piano that we had in the house when I was really young every day and, and they sort of follow, followed suit and got me lessons. So but do you think it's persistence, Rick? Because like when, when we hear your stuff, it's so whimsical, it's so special. And, and it makes us question like, okay, if, if I grab my neighbor and I give him a mandolin and I give him 10,000 hours, can he become good? Or are you like born with it? You know, what do you think, Rick? Um, that's one of those things you can never really untangle. I think hard work pays off. And, you know, I've, I've been working at it a long time. Um, still still working at it i mean it's hard for me to have that kind of perspective on my own stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah you're right uh, yeah you're right you know, so, <laughs> so, so let me tell you like you're like you're awesome but anyway okay so, <laughs> I appreciate so, it. yeah man so okay so you you know you do that you know you're obviously like super talented you're in eighth grade and then one day comes um you know office hours there's this news of this new school called the weaver academy that's gonna yeah. open it downtown yeah and, it, and it's gonna be like a first of its kind kind of like focused on arts yeah um, how did how do you how do you know this was going to be such a special fit for you rick oh uh, it's just i knew i didn't want to go to the other school <laughs> what it was man you know it was like the other uh local public school i knew that I, I i wouldn't get much of a chance to play music and i was a little bit of a uh outcast in certain ways i was like an artsy kid you know so yeah. being at the school with a bunch of other artsy freaks sounded really cool to me <laughs> and, and it was great you know there was only 200 of us there to start and it kind of got a little bigger but but I got to play music every day and and sort of be around other other young people that were uh, gravitated toward being interested in in those things um yeah, yeah. so it, it was it was a good fit and yeah sort of followed that through all the way to, to ending up in Boston for music school. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we'll get to the new music in a second, but yeah, you go to Boston, you go to Berkeley, of course, yeah. and then you end up pivoting to New York, but yeah. how did you, but how did you end up in New Orleans, Rick? Obviously, you know, I mean, you're, I think you're so synonymous with it at this point. Like to me, it's like, okay, I think Harry Connick Jr. I think Dr. John. And honestly, like I, like you, to me, you're New Orleans. How did this special relationship start? Um, New Orleans was always sort of in my uh, in my radar growing up. Um, just that that music, you know, I loved the meters and and Dr. John and 
that always spoke to me a lot. And I don't think I ever totally made the connection how deep that was a New Orleans thing um, when I was younger. Uh, sure. Certainly after probably about the time I was in Boston, but certainly when I got to New York, I started really digging in on um, more like Professor Longhair and, and James yeah. Booker and this kind of stuff. And that, and that got me really drawn to wanting to spend more time down there. I had visited probably three times um, before the time I decided to move down there. Uh, yeah. Actually, Paul Freibush, who we mentioned earlier, uh, who was a mentor of mine, and his son, Sammy, uh, they, they grew up going to New Orleans and, and they were good family friends. So I, in their little garage that we grew up playing and they always had a poster, Tipitina's and, cool, man. Uh, you know, shows. And I, I just always knew about it, I guess. But yeah. then more was like a logistical thing. Just living in New York was too expensive. And um, I just wanted to play more hours than I was playing in New York. I was sitting on the subway a lot just to get to gigs that weren't paying that much money. And you know, New Orleans is the big easy for a reason. If you're trying to play music, play bar gigs, even busk on the street, which I did all that for, you know, the first four years I was there really uh, nonstop. So yeah, that's what people that, don't see, man. Yeah, it was, it was great. You know, it's like, it's like a little video game that's, that's easier to conquer within the music thing. Sure. Not necessarily easier, and obviously there is no conquering, but it's 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 a way to get your explore and stay warm, stay yeah. warm. Basically. You know that's an important thing. Absolutely. Um, I had a phase where I was playing on Bourbon Street, you know, six hours a day, four days a week, and playing it. After that, I would skateboard down to another gig and play another four hours on bass or drums with a Zydeco band, and then go play a solo piano gig. And I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was. All the fulfilling yeah very fulfilling and simple you know i mean now i'm in this grind of playing my original music and trying to chase that whole industry business thing and it's a it's a different beast it's uh you don't it you don't get to just play all the time you know and that's right. that's really what i want to do right right you know? right yeah there's so many hats you gotta wear now too it's like the social yeah. media part it's like oh it's too much it's a, um it's a lot of thing yeah absolutely rick so okay let's pivot to the album for a second obviously such a great piece. I mean, the album was produced by Dan Molat of Loose Houston, features yeah. Jess Wolf and Holly Lasig and a whole bunch of other people. When you start a process, Rick, like this, and, and you meet with your with your friends and your team and your producers, um, do you tell them, look, guys, I know what I want. Just help me make it a reality. Or I, uh, I see you're saying no. Or is it, or is it like, <laughs> help me out. Help me figure something out here together. It's like, yeah, or it's, it's just like, let's all just dive in and see what happens. And it always just changes and changes, especially this record was just a, a long journey of it becoming uh, its own piece. Yeah. Uh, you know, this one was interesting because the first session I did was in April of 2018. I was on tour with Rhiannon Giddens at the time. Sure. And we got off of a little run and... I went to Richmond, Virginia with a handful of songs. I think five of the ones that are on that record. And I was with Sam Frybush and drummer Nick Falk, who plays on the record. Yeah. And we recorded those songs. And then we recorded some funk kind of jams that didn't have words. And 
that was some of the stuff Dan Molad heard. I think he heard Anna Rose, which mm. was just recorded at that. And he he reached out to me. We knew each other from years ago. I hadn't heard from him in a long time. He got hired on to mix the record. Yeah. And then over the course of mixing it, I was writing more songs like Carolina Child, uh, Thinking About You, Sycamore Hill. And so good. And we recorded Getting Over Our Love. And, and so all of a sudden we had like recorded more songs that teamed up with the ones, the original ones we recorded in Richmond, those five. And then the funky stuff became this other EP called Strange World. <laughs> right. I don't know if you dug into that, but that's yeah, like, absolutely. It was great. Um, yeah, it's so nutty. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Um, and that's where I got into animation and made a little. That's movie. the one you did the video during the pandemic. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, just to answer your question, that's that's how that process worked. It was like I started making the record, and the record became a whole different thing. Um, with elements of what the initial thing was and more songs and Danny became the producer instead of just the mixing engineer and I just I kind of I don't know I think that's when you're making something you kind of have to let it make you a little bit I, I can't I can't have too much control you know I try to just sort of connect the dots and move things into place and follow a feeling but I, anytime I try to really have an idea and execute it with too much control it ends up being shitty <laughs> and that's true for so many things in life well said absolutely so okay so thanks you're being so good with your time and uh, i think you're going to play a song for us but one more question rick uh, yeah. i mean just about like just the current situation of music i mean when i was listening to your album the whole track list is so damn good and i thought man i don't mind is like song like number eight or something and yeah. th there's like acts that would like kill to have one I don't mind their entire career <laughs> it's like does it like what's your and it made, it made me think about the current like way younger people consume music and the whole album concept like what do you think yeah. about that man right like the whole like singles and quick consumption versus yeah. like being patient for a song like that um yeah I have to I I have to work in the album idiom myself um but I don't think it's the right way to do it necessarily. Um, you know, these things change and I think, yeah, to be somewhere, I, I love vinyl, you know? And so that's sort of, and people are actually buying vinyl again. So I just like to think about, or it's, it's easier for me to conceive of the, the records I'm putting out as basically 10 song entities. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I can't speak for, I know that younger people putting out singles, even like minute long songs, you know, that's a lot of what's going on now, which is cool. It's just a different, it's a different art form. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's no better or worse. You know, it's like, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, but Amen, for me, it, it definitely working in the album, uh, working to make something that's 10 songs and then <clears throat> executing the recording in that way seems to be a good mode for me for now absolutely cool man um, well listen i know you have a lot on your plate residency americana fest in nashville so um thank you yeah. for your time why don't you take us away with a song man that'll be great sure sure i wonder if you can uh hear this weird keyboard i've got here yeah it sounds good okay and by the way people if you have a chance to see rick here play the keys in front of you at some point check him yeah. out on tour like you, it's it's just fascinating. He's such a great key player, man.
gotta turn that snare drum off. Cool. Carolina child, keep me lush and low. Made of the mountain, bound for the shore. When the winds of worry brush against my dreams, muddy creeks are yours for finding, fallen trees yours for the climbing. Where you gonna wind up, I don't know. Running with no place to go. Carolina child at that candy store. Sweet toothache coming back for more. You've had your film now. crash will keep you on the ground you never needed wings to help you soar running with no place to go Rick Robertson, thank you so much for starting our day that way. Wow, thank it's you. all downhill from here, man. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully, hopefully we can keep it going until D's tonight. Exactly. Thanks yeah. so much, Rick. Honor yeah. with your time. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Take care. Take care, man. Yeah. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.